Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. We often see what can only be described as flagrant acts of ambiguity, dishonesty, or heterodoxy coming out of the highest offices of the Vatican on a pretty routine basis. The lightest act of ambiguity is from, and deception, possibly, is from Pope Francis himself, who released his letter to the priests, which on the surface uh, offers some fatherly words of encouragement to the priests of the church, who, in the West at least, suffer from growing distrust and, in some instances, persecution because of the grotesque crimes of their brother priests, and, of course, the bishops who covered for them. This letter does the basic good things you'd expect, including recognizing the pain the priests are experiencing and offering gratitude for their service. For instance, an example of recognizing the pain many priests are experiencing comes from the open sec opening section of the surprisingly short letter, given that Francis, like his conciliar predecessors, are very long-winded, typically. And in this part where Francis says, and I quote, This pain has also affected priests. I have seen it in the course of my pastoral visits in my own diocese and elsewhere, in my meetings and personal conversations with priests. Many have shared with me their outrage at what happened and their frustration that, quote, For all their hard work, they have to face the damage that was done, the suspicion and uncertainty which it has given rise, and the doubts, fears, and disheartment felt by more than a few, end quote. I have received many letters from priests expressing those those feelings, and at the same time, I am comforting by, comforted by my meetings with pastors who recognize and share the pain and suffering of the victims and of the people of God, and have tried to find words and actions capable of inspiring hope. End quote. There are even references to Pius XI and St. John Vianney, which is surprising, since it breaks the mold of pretending the Church didn't exist prior to the Second Vatican Council. Indeed, it is truly rare to see a reference to an even recent preconciliar pope like Pius XI. But it is not all words of encouragement and fatherly support. First is a note that seems to be saying that at least the priests who are suffering now are not hypocrites. I suppose there's an element of truth to that. Certainly, predator priests have no business wearing a cassock and a collar in the first place, nor do they have any business counseling people on issues of impurity and vice, and their doing so made them hypocrites. But is that what Francis means here? After all, this is a pope who is openly hostile to the traditions of the church and the history of the church, going so far as to tell the faithful recently that the traditions of the church must be cast aside in order to embrace the world and to end our own hypocrisy as Christians. I did a video on that a couple of months ago, and I can provide a link if people want to see it. The hypocrisy charge is the easy one to accept from him, because most of us can see how it could conceivably apply. After all, was there any greater act of hypocrisy in this entire mess than when former Cardinal McCarrick stood at the podium in the 2002 Dallas Charter Conference and offered sage advice on how to end the clerical abuse crisis, then while he himself was a notorious predator? If you don't know what I mean... Here's a clip of that piece of stunning hypocrisy in audio form. And I think that it is important for us to understand that as we come to this, to this vote, that we, in Dallas, we, we gave up uh, something. Uh, we gave it up because of a, because of a, a very important 
uh, situation in the United States because we, we faced a, a real crisis of credibility with our people. We had no choice but to give it up. We, we must move forward. We must put an end to this. Uh, we, we cannot have Dallas 2 and Dallas 3 and Dallas 4. But again, I'm skeptical that he's talking about predators in the hierarchy, especially considering that he kept men like Cardinal Coco Palmiero and McCarrick in his inner circle. But there's another reason to be skeptical of his words and intent here, and that's in his general attitude to the church in general, which does come through in this letter. There's a questionable passage in the letter to the priests that are some are jumping on, and for good reason. In that section, he had some, shall we say, odd words for the priests of the church. I'm going to quote the questionable section directly because I can't think of a way to summarize what he's saying here and to do it with justice. Although you will see that it is very similar with keeping of post-conciliar themes about the history of the church. Quote, the Lord is purifying his bride and converting all of us to himself. He is letting us be put to the test in order to make us realize that without him we are simply dust. He is rescuing us from hypocrisy, from the spirituality of appearances. He is breathing forth his spirit in order to restore the beauty of his bride, caught in flagrant adultery. End quote. Okay, so the clerical abuse per crisis, which is a part of the larger ongoing crisis of modernism and apostasy in the church, is the result of the, quote, spiritual, spirituality of appearances, unquote. <clears throat> what does that even mean? And what does he mean by saying the church was caught in flagrant adultery? The church was? No, priests who engage in heinous acts of abuse were definitely engaged in adultery, among other sins, as their vows are often described in similar terms to those of marriage, and bishops were there who were their enablers, but the church? No. The problem here is, like in everything else, people confuse the office holders for the church. The priests are not the church, nor is any particular pope or bishop. The church, the mystical body of Christ, was not caught in flagrant adultery, thank you very much, nor was the church militant, the church suffering, or the church triumphant. But what should we expect these days? And funny enough, by the way, in an odd act of dishonesty, the English translation of the letter only said the church was caught in adultery, with the translators omitting the word flagrant. Some might see that as a minor detail, but I don't, because that omission makes it sound like Francis was speaking metaphorically when I don't think he was. The key is in that line about the spirituality of appearances. It goes back to the idea of the church accompanying sinners. Where to other than accompanying them to hell, I'll never know. But accompaniment is the key here because to accompany sinners by meeting them where they are is to reject the traditional notion of true charity, which by necessity includes correcting sinners in order that they might be saved from the position they're in. Thus, it is a true act of charity to tell the adulterer to stop cheating on their spouse, or to tell the usurer to get out of their evil business before they can approach the sacraments again. That is true charity, not meeting sinners where they are. We hear so little of repentance and the need to make a firm purpose of amendment to cease sinning these days, unless it's the sin of using plastic straws or abusing the environment, or closing national borders, or other en vogue political issues that a certain brand of secular politics is deeply in love with. Those sins are made out to be sins that cry out to heaven for vengeance, but the real sins that cry out to heaven are never mentioned, nor is the need for society to truly repent and to return to Christ as the only means of both surviving and solving its material problems and saving the souls of its constituent members. Those are the words that I hunger to hear from the Vatican and from our priests and bishops. Not a message of secular social justice, thank you very much. I get that message every single time I turn on the television or watch a movie or even buy razor blades. 
The letter isn't all bad, though. Most of it isn't, to be honest. Much of it is characterized by the kind of language you'd expect a modern pope to use to encourage priests to stand strong. But in the end, the problem of the abuse crisis isn't being addressed here or anywhere. That there are men morally unfit to be priests despite what Pastor Jimmy Martin of the Jesuit Church might say about building bridges. That problem was enabled by modernism, and that problem is obviously not going to be addressed anytime soon, especially when the hierarchy is in the grips of the modernist errors. And until that problem is addressed, the abuse crisis will not be truly solved, nor will the culture of corruption that enabled bishops to cover up the crimes of their priests, nor will the errors coming out of Rome that have been, that have been the state of things for more than 50 years now. More lady are waking up to these errors and asking priests tough questions that contradict the new orthodoxy, a new orthodoxy that is anything but orthodox Catholicism. This has to have the effect of harming morale as well, with more and more of the faithful yearning for a return to the real faith as taught for millennia by the church, and which will come again at some point in the future, though at a very high cost most likely. And until this happens, all the well-meant words of encouragement of priests will unfortunately be otherwise meaningless due to what is truly on the line, which is being ignored, the salvation of souls, including the souls of those priests he is addressing, men who I don't envy for, ev for every priest must make a full accounting at their judgment. And when hetero heterodoxy rules the day, that is not a position I'd want to be in. But perhaps I'm wrong to take this stance. Maybe I'm being just too hard about this letter. Maybe I should just accept what Francis has written. If you want to read that letter for yourself, you can find a link on the blog, which is, as always, linked in the description of this upload. Let me know what you think. Maybe I'm just being too jaded. I'm Anthony Stein. Ave Maria.